Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. And this is Song vs. Song. Uh, how are you doing today, Danny? I'm alright. Got lots of strong opinions about, uh, whatever songs we're about to do next? No, I was busy watching Star Trek Voyager for another podcast, so, you know. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ni- 1980s. Yeah, Woo-woo. we... Yeah, these are, uh, not songs I don't think anyone has real strong opinions about, but they are classics, I say. We are doing 8675309 Jenny versus Centerfold by the Jay Giles Band, the original by Tommy Two-Tone. And to celebrate this, uh, we'll be revealing my phone number. <laughs> People can call me, they be like, Danny, I got your number. I will never call you. <laughs> Just like in real life. That's, yes, <laughs> yes, that's that's the joke. Well, I'm lonely. Well, I mean, no one call, no one calls people on the phone anymore that's true boy it would be much safer to release a song like this now although i guess it wouldn't be popular the the percentage of calls you get that are garbage would stay at 100 percent. yes boy we're really i'm sure that no one has ever said anything like this before about the telephone song <laughs> well you know what we're we'll, we'll getting to it. what's uh which what's your pick of these two classic early 80s power pop songs about uh about about guys with weird opinions about women? Is that where I was going with this? I think that's probably right. They are both songs wherein men are attracted to women in a way that is very of a time. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know if it's if it's of a nineteen eighties time. Yeah, I, these I, song, I, these, do these songs feel like? Let me ask you this before I answer your question. I'm going to ask you a question. Do these feel like prototypical eighties songs to you? Um, early 80s songs, maybe. I mean, they're, it's like 1982, right? I think for both of them, like 81, 82, like bleeding into the next year. Um, they feel, I don't, I wouldn't say like prototypical 80s songs. I think you could get away with this in the 70s. They, but I don't know. They, they are certainly dated songs. It's wild to me that they're, I mean, they're fun and I guess that's enough. Yeah. I don't, I don't look at them and go, man, these these songs, these songs that are just testaments to the towering 1980s. <laughs> I don't, I mean, they're fun, but they do feel more like 70s songs. And in that way, they also kind of feel, you know, how like in the 1970s, people would, you know, would watch like Happy Days and, and Laverne and Shirley and that type of stuff. Like everything was like throwback to like really early days, like 1950s and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It almost has that vibe to it, to me. What, like the 70s trying to be the 50s? Yeah, not quite that, but almost. They just feel old. They feel really old to me. Like, there are so, there are lots of songs from the 80s that both feel like they're from that decade, but also remain fresh. Does that make sense? Yeah. And these songs are fine, and I enjoy them, but there's no chance of a song like this coming out in 2020. This is not a 2020 hit. I, they they feel like bro songs to me in a completely innocent apolitical kind of way, kind of just yeah. Like, all right, that's a yes. That's a, that's a good way of looking at it. They don't really have any meaning. I don't, you know, I just don't really see uh, six nine being a big fan of either of these songs. He just <laughs> did a, a music video about music video. He did a video about six nine, so now he's in my head. Takashi six nine has very little to do with eight six seven five three zero nine. These are. Not related yeah. things. I don't know. I just, 
I'm tired. Anyway, look, yeah. the answer to your question is, I don't know which of these two songs is better. It's going to be one of those things where we have to talk it through. Do you have a preference? You know, I was thinking about it for like two straight weeks now. And no, I do not. I have I am have difficulty picking one over the other. And these are both fine songs. And I think they have stood the test of time in that I still remember them. And people still sing it. And people still can sing it. But like stood the test of time is like eternal greats. Like, no, they're just really catchy and fun. And I'm glad they stuck around. But I don't think this is anyone's favorite song, either of them. No. So there's a there is a, a question. We don't do this as one of the three questions, but it often comes up mm-hmm. or it comes up, I think, more than a number of times. That is the number one, which is which one has the better ska cover? <laughs> That's so let me say this. That is if if there's any metric by which one ekes it out over the other, it is that I prefer less than Jake's 8675309 to against all authorities cover of Centerfold. That's it. That's the only thing I've got. Wow. If I was going to it's that's that's all I have. Well, that's funny to me because I've not heard either of these, but it seems like to me that Centerfold is obviously the one that lends itself to a ska cover. I mean, they both work. I mean, the, the horns work. do the uh, the horns do the the cheesy synthesizer or organ or whatever it is. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, yeah, certainly. Well, let's let's put it this way: that's the one that's more likely to be a marching band cover. Quite a few people in the comments said yes, we did play this at marching band for centerfold. Yeah, I think that eight six seven five three zero nine is more like pop punk with it with a hint of ska. That that does make more sense to me, yeah. And uh, and that's less than Jake. That's it. If you were gonna, if you were going to name pop punk with a bit of ska, that's just less than Jake. That's the band you're talking about. It's like them and Goldfinger. Which who do you like more? Uh, I don't know. So yes, that's all I've got so far. That's my starting place. Is <laughs> I like less than Jake more than Against All Authority in general. I've never I've never and, heard of Against All Authority. They're fine. Just imagining what kind of band they are based on the name Against All Authority, it would not be a band that covers Centerfold by the Jay Giles band. I mean, didn't all these <laughs> bands do this was a real irony generation, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean that's the that's the nineties, which is just the seventies part two. And okay. yeah, so they, there's a lot of anyway, I don't know, man. I told <laughs> you I'm t- I'm tired. What an episode this is gonna be. <laughs> you know, while I was working on this, I'd Pick these two songs because they always seemed linked to me, and I've never really bothered to define what exactly it is they share. But they definitely have like the same kind of attitude. And I was wondering, while listening to both of them, like, are these offensive now? Like either of them? Because I, I get kind of like a Porky's vibe off of them. Do you think so? Let me let me say this. I think that if you listened to them and said, "I don't I don't like this. This makes me feel uncomfortable." I think it's kind of the way they talk about women is Ske- not great. Skeevy. You would you would not be wrong. However, my counterpoint to that is, in my case, I am 40 years old. There is a pandemic on. Donald Trump is the president. <laughs> I have got some other problems that I'm dealing with. This goes down way towards the bottom of the things I'm concerned about. I can't imagine being personally being offended by these songs. Yeah, good luck with that. If they, make, if they make if they make me feel good right now, if anything makes me feel good, it's a victory. Those you, things are few and far between. These songs are poppy. They they remind me of the '80s when I grew up. 
So I'm not particularly offended by them. If you are offended by them, I don't think you're wrong. I just don't think I've got the energy. I don't have the output, the ability to be offended by these in the year of our Lord 2020. Yeah, no, I was thinking about it. And I was like really giving it the once over. And I was like, you'd have to try really hard to be angry at these songs. Like, it's just comical. I don't know how you can take it seriously. I mean, one of these these music videos, the one for 8675309, involves one member of the band talking to his therapist, who is played <laughs> by another member of the band, and the therapist is writing down that phone number, <laughs> going, I got it! Because that therapist, rather than helping his, his patient, is thinking about, he's, he's got to get him some Jenny. That's yep. it. It's just so silly. It's just so profoundly silly that I can't, I can't be bothered. The centerfold, the music video, I guess, because it's a you know it's a guy who's clearly not in high school. Like thinking back to his high school times, and he's <laughs> he's in his he's in a classroom, and there's a bunch of women in, in negligee and stuff. I mean, I guess if you really if that's the thing you want to get up about in 2020, <laughs> go for it. But I, I just, I don't know. I, th- I did this thought that you had. I also had it, and I really tried. I just, I tried to give a shit, and I just couldn't. <laughs> I just could not. Well, to me, what, what, what was for me was like these are both joke songs, and the joke is clearly on the narrator. Like you're yeah. laughing at him. You're not, you know. I think that it part. So part of the eight six seven five three zero nine thing is that it's had so many versions of the of the behind the scenes story. Yeah, that's but that was always confusing because I remember, um, so you know they do it on the VH1 One Hit Wonders, and Tommy Tuno is like a classic one hit wonder, and that you would not ever be interested in anything else they ever made. Like you don't listen to eight six seven five three zero nine. He's like, I got to buy this album, see what else they got cooking up. Like no, yeah, they would they told a different story in those shows than what I'm reading on the internet. Yeah, so the as far the person who wrote the song. Alan Call, I think his name was. Got it in my notes he, here somewhere. He, yeah. he said that there is no such person. That's it. That's yeah. the, the whole story is there's no such thing as Jenny. He just thought of a thing. He started writing the song, and then somebody else came in and said, it's, he, like, he came up with the phone number. Mm-hmm. Like He came up with the number, and they're like, oh, it's a number on the side of the bathroom wall. Mm-hmm. And he was like, of, co- of course it is. And then they just shot out the song in about five minutes. I don't like. There's no story. There's no Jenny. There's no. You know. You, I mean, if you if you called that number at the time, that's another story. But you know. But there was no person that they based it on, and that seems right. Because I remember on VH1, Tommy of Tommy Two Tone fame was saying, "Is like, yeah, I there was a girl named Jenny, and I did get her number, and I, you know, as a joke, I did write her number on a bathroom stall, and and now she and now she hates me." <laughs> I don't know why I didn't realize that was shit bullshit, but like in hindsight, he's like, no, you pull that out of your ass. I think what's interesting about that is if that was true, mm-hmm. if he'd actually done that and then wrote a song about it and then that real person got a bunch of crank calls for many years, mm-hmm. I think then I would probably say the song was gross. But since it's not, who cares? <laughs> That's it. There is no, if there was a Jenny, I would probably see this on differently, but there isn't. The worst yeah. that you can say is a bunch of people with that phone number in the United States got a bunch of crank calls, and some people got annoyed by it, and 
changed their phone number and then it was over. And then the rest of the people thought it was funny. Do people put phone numbers in bathroom stalls anymore? I, I can't remember seeing one. I've put your phone number in many bathroom stalls. Oh, that, that explains all the weird calls. I wouldn't know because I don't answer phone calls anymore. Yeah, my plan didn't really work out the way that I, I hoped that it would. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I'm trying to think if I ever in my life saw a telephone number in a bathroom stall. Ever. I don't think so. You? No, I mean, I think we're, we're a little too old for this, but like, I mean, we're not old enough for this, I mean, but we, I don't know, was like this a, like an actual thing that happened that like prostitutes would uh, advertise their wares, their services in bathrooms? Was that a thing that ever actually happened? I feel like we really, we really should have brought a sex worker on because <laughs> neither of us are that. And perhaps they would, they would have the background, the history on that, whether, whether or not there were sex workers or pimps that were writing phone numbers and, and bathroom stalls. Granted, there wasn't like Craigslist back in the day. But, I mean, it's a good, I guess, I suppose it's a gimmick. It didn't occur to me till I was preparing for this episode. I was like, wait, was that an actual thing that happened? Because I always knew it as a prank. Like the, ori- sure. the original doxing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, now I'm imagining, you know, um, you meet a sex worker. It's the 1970s. And you say, so yeah, how, do you, how, do you, how do you get your business? You stand on the side of the road? Got like, got, got like a pimp or something? Nah, I just put my phone number on bathroom stalls. It defies credibility. Let's say that. It seems unlikely. And so if you wanted to prank some poor woman, or I guess you could do it to dudes too. I bet that was a thing that happened. Pranks, pranks no, no gender. Yeah. Dad, you can do it to anybody. Um, yes, I, as I said at the end of this podcast, um, one of our two telephone numbers will be revealed. <laughs> and... I've enjoyed this song ever since I heard it because it's a super catchy tune and you will have those seven digits blasting throughout your head. And I never really bothered to think like what it was actually about. And I was like, wait, this is about a guy who fell in love with a girl who he's never met because he saw her number. And when, when you realize that he's fallen in love with a name he saw on a bathroom stall, this song became like immediately hilarious to me. That's how I met my wife. Well, I'm glad you guys are happy together. I'm glad it was love. Yeah. I'm glad it was love at first sight in that bathroom when you saw her name. Eight years strong. <laughs> we're very, it. we're that's... very happy for you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, some people it's okay, Cupid, not me. Bat- you know, some, 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 some folks use Bumble. I put my phone number on a on a bathroom stall, and uh, co-host of the Apocalypse Book Club, Raven Jacob Jacobowski. She called that number, and then we got married immediately yeah. after. No waiting. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Yeah, the song's, the song's fine. If you think about it, it's a very sex-positive song. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure? Any, any attempt any of us make to impose a meaning on this song is going to fail. There, there isn't one. <laughs> That's it. There isn't one. Here's, okay, let's just talk. I guess this is really one of those ones where you kind of have to just evaluate it musically, right? Yeah. Well, I mean like, that riff. Good, that riff good, kills. Good chorus, good verse. Mm-hmm. The the bridge is not bad. Yeah, I was um, for what it's worth, I, I was like, is there anything interesting about this band, Tommy Two Tone? I've I've thought about doing a, a video for them on my YouTube series, and there's you know they had some lineage. They were in a band called Clover. They uh, they they were Elvis Costello's original band, and then after that, a bunch of them joined Huey Lewis in the News. So they were a a decent professional bar band is what we're going with here. But like 
I can't imagine wanting to hear any other song by them. And I listen to them, and they're just a regular-ass bar band. Yeah, song's fine. It's a fine song. And that, um, that got a lot bigger than you would expect it to. You know, they actually had a song that cracked the top 40 in 1980. So for... A good two years, the Tommy Two Tone song was not eight six seven five three zero nine. Some other song was. Oh, uh, you are talking about "Baby It's All Right." I am. No, I'm not. You're not. I thought that was. I thought it was "Baby It's All Right." Nope. It's called "Angel Say No." I checked oh, it out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, "Angel Say No" is not bad. It's fine. I actually don't mind it. I actually, in some ways, think it might even be better than Jenny, but. <laughs> No, we're not going that far. Okay. Um, all right. Before we talk about Centerfold, there is one other thing we need to talk about. What's that? Santa Claus. What you got to talk about him? old Saint Nick. What about Santa Claus? I have no idea where you're going with this. So there's a, there is a Christmas version of the song. There is? Yeah, it's called Santa Jenny. What? Hold on. It is Santa not on the Wikipedia. Santa Claus is coming to town. Absolutely. 100%. Where did you hear that? It's it's on Spotify, champ. I thought Santa. you did your research. I missed this one. Hold on, I got to check this out now. Did they did uh Yep, did that's Tommy, Tommy Tutone T- do it? Yes, they did. This is terrible. Instead of shouting hey at the beginning, it's it's yeah, it's it's literally just the words from Santa Claus is coming to town set to the tune of Jenny 5309. Oh, 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 oh. Wow, oh, that's... God, why? That's that's interesting and actually pretty bad. I did not enjoy that. When you when you think of Jenny 8675309, do you think Santa Claus? I'd like Give Santa Claus Give me some number. fucking toys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's... Okay, I didn't... I think that one is going to push... My my pick towards centerfold, honestly. That's listen, le- a legitimate a legitimate answer, a fair concern. So you know yes, I, that is I, one I, that is one thing to keep in mind is that they did as bands sometimes do when they need money. They made a Christmas version of a hit. It makes me think of Love Actually. I know I'm not supposed to because that movie's <laughs> bad, but right? Is that not? Yeah, I, I totally Christmas see where you're going. Christmas is all around me. That one's worse because that song's not good to begin with. And it's in Love Actually. They should have put this in Love Actually. Okay. You they should have put think Tommy said... Toontone in Love Actually. Oh I, my I think God, we've... that's the plot. I fixed it. Love Actually is a movie wherein Bill Nye, he goes up against Tommy Toontone. You get rid of all the other plots and it's set on Christmas. That's it. And it's two and a half hours long. I said that no one really is like going to make the either of these songs their favorite song. I think a couple people in the world actively despise 8675309, especially if they had that number, or if they were named Jenny. I'm sure any Jennies we know would probably hate this song. Yes. I, call call Jenny Nicholson right now. <laughs> and be like, how do you feel? Are you a big, got, are you a big fan? What are, your, what are your top 10 problems <laughs> with 8675309? I, I would call her, but I don't actually have her number. Okay. No. All right. Just send her send her a DM and don't ask for ask for like one for every number in the song. So the seven <laughs> biggest problems that she has. Number one, eight. <clears throat> number two, six. Anyway, all right. This is terrible. <laughs> what a nightmare. 
uh, centerfold, yep. Jay Giles band, an actual so like that like a band band, a band with more than one hit. Yeah, well, you know, I, I checked out the Jay Giles band, his greatest hits. I'm out here. They had like a th- three big pop hits in the early '80s, and they were just kind of always around in the '70s. I checked them out. They're kind of like a poor man Steve Miller band. They're they're there. They wrote the theme song to that great French Stewart movie, Love Stinks. Love Stinks holds up. I I think love. And we're, I mean the song here, to be clear here, not the movie. No one's ever seen that. No, I haven't either. I don't know why I even know it exists. <laughs> I haven't thought of its existence in a long time. There, my my, my a, profound a, love of French Stewart and the, and the Inspector Gadget sequel. Fr- French Stewart Star Vehicle. That's a thing that happened once. Yes, Love Stinks and Inspector Gadget too. I'm sure there are other ones, but those are the ones that stick out to me. Classics, both. So Centerfold... Is fine, but Centerfold <laughs> and Love Stinks both have the same problem, or not a problem if it doesn't bother you. What is that? They, they both sound like they're making fun of somebody. <laughs> you know, yeah, Love they... Stinks is like Love Stinks, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then stinks. and then the other one's got an, is a na na, but like it's not like a happy na na song. It's like <laughs> it doesn't sound nice. It Someone sounds very mean. Someone in the comments pointed out it sounds like the Smurfs theme. How does the Smurfs theme go? Um, the Smurfs song is um, well. Now all I have is J- is Jay Giles in my head. Nah, um, uh, fuck. I don't la, know. La 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 la. Fuck. Na 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 na. Yeah, that's pretty similar actually. So Jay Giles is a Smurf. <laughs> yes. Okay. The- Actually, I was reading. He's he's, um, he's he's pervy Smurf. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. He's dead. I'm sorry, Jay Giles and <laughs> your he? family. Yes. Well, Jay Giles was not the most famous member of the Jay Giles band. No. the The lead singer is named Peter Wolf, and their story is like almost exactly parallel to Van Halen's, in that like the lead singer was a big personality, maybe too big for the band, and. The band was named after someone else, and he couldn't take that. And right when they were at their pop peak, he quit the band. So right after Centerfold, it all imploded, and that's why you don't know any other Jay Giles songs. Centerfold's all right. When you're you're that talented. (laughs) Yeah. that's. I mean, of course it's all going to fall apart. So just imagine the Van Halen story, but like pitched about 40 slots lower on the Hot 100. Yeah. I I mean, I... I like a Nana song, so I don't mind. I actually don't mind the Nana thing. I don't know why I was making fun of it. I, yeah. I think that that's in some ways the strength of it, right? Is that you don't need to know the words. You could just na 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 your way through. Yeah, it's a fun song. Like it's a fun party song, and like like the other one, you can't really get that mad at it. But if someone hated this song, I think it would, was because it'd be annoying. It's super catchy, and it's it's a tiny bit annoying. Yeah, and also so offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. Like the, the I think, jokes so on here, the guy. Here, here's the thing: if you were going to write it now, mm-hmm. um, well, you wouldn't. The end. I don't know where I was going <laughs> to go with that. You just wouldn't write the song now. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, like he just he keeps talking about how his um, his memory has been sold. And been- I, I was like, man, if I imagine. Somebody you dated, 
becomes, I guess, the 2020 equivalent with like they'd have like their fans, their fans only or their only fans page. Mm-hmm. They, they're like got millions of followers on Instagram, make a lot of money sitting on cakes and such. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I, I'd be very, I'd be thrilled. If I was Facebook friends with that person, and one day I realized that they had hit it big, and I had dated them, I I would be like, congrats! I like reach out and be like, it's so cool, good job. You know, he he didn't date her in the song. He had a crush on her in the song. Yeah, I guess I probably wouldn't reach out to to a person that I had a crush on that I never spoke to to be like, congrats on your on on your uh, taking off your clothes for the internet. And, and sitting on a cake and making a lot of money. I don't know why that's always the thing. When I think about people who get famous being naked on the internet, I always think that they sit on a cake. I don't know where that came from, but that is just my default. I'm like, man. Sounds right to me. I'll sit on Cakes. a cake for you. I'll tell you what. Song versus song fans. Todd and I will sit on a cake. Where's the, what's, the, what's the Patreon level? How much do you have to pay on, I think we'd on have- Patreon to have us sit on a cake? I think we'd have to charge a, a whole ten dollars for that. Like, okay, for ten dollars, <laughs> one of I us. Mean, you want to devalue ourselves? We'll sit on a cake. We're gonna make a fortune. You know, I was talking about how eight six seven five three zero nine is dated because no one does like graffiti phone numbers or phone calls at all anymore. Porno magazines. What are those? Yeah, I think that's the thing that adapted easier for me. Like, that's why I keep talking about the stuff I'm talking about is now more than ever, lots of people make a bunch of money off of a bunch of money, make money and can have some type of career taking their clothes off. It's just that it's not a magazine anymore. It's just Instagram and your fans page and et cetera, et cetera. That's it. I don't yeah, know. Like, it doesn't actually feel that dated to me beyond the fact that print is dead. Centerfold happened to me once. What? I mean, a girl I knew in college dropped out and started doing porn. I don't know how, I don't remember how I felt about it. I, th- I think the guy in the song ha- handled it better than I did. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That just sounds cool to me. I don't know. I'd have I, don't nothing, know I would have nothing bad to say about that. Not a, not a thing. Don't at me on Twitter about this <laughs> one way or the other. I would not if I found out somebody I dated went into porn, I would have zero thoughts. That sounds like something that's not my business. Well, I didn't are, date are they her. I was, happy? I hope so. It made some people unhappy. I know that. Specifically, the, the head of our honors program. People kept sending him, sending him links. He had to tell people to stop. Gross. Well, those people suck. <laughs> don't be a snitch. Yeah. I don't know. Like The guy has some hangups in the song, but I think he handles it pretty well. He's like, no, she's in a porn. I guess I'm okay with it. I guess that is the, <laughs> the plot of the song. It's, but my memory. I guess he had like weird opinions about this girl. Like, was she like chaste or something? I'd she like a church girl? He seems really, really shocked by this. So here it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain it all to you right now. This okay. thing you don't realize is that centerfold. Is set in the Cats universe, and that 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 centerfold is Grizabella. Oh man, she has fallen on. She's got a memory song. He's got a memory song. <laughs> That's the thinnest of threads that I'm hanging this thing on. Well, that happened. Yep, I don't. Boy, what an episode we're having. Thirty-two <laughs> minutes in, and I don't think we've made a single interesting point. You got to no, come up with uh... controversial songs next time. You got to come up with something that's. <laughs> 
that's historically interesting. These songs I mean, are, are fine. Like I said, I thought it'd make a good matchup, but these songs are kind of hard to talk about. They are what they are. They're dumb, happy songs. I really like the riff to 8675309, and it's... I, they're both roughly equivalent, I feel like. They're both really catchy. They're both real dumb. They're both good, fun sing-alongs at karaoke. I guess I am leaning towards Centerfold. Where do you think you fall on it? Uh, I'm still going to go with Jenny. Just, just again, it's the lesson, Jake, factor. All right, want to do three questions? Sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, all right, question number one. Uh, one of these songs, and only one, gets to uh, retain permanence in the human memory. The other one is lost completely to time as though it never existed. Only one can stick around. Which of the two is so historically important <laughs> that it has to stay, Todd? I feel like I picked two songs so equal that I'm going to have difficulty answering any of these questions. It's really rough. I don't... Part, I mean, we, we should answer them because there's a formula, etc. But um, yeah. we're really... This is going to... A lot of this is going to rely upon the opinions of, of, of the listeners, I feel. That's going to tell the entire story. I feel like I'd have to erase 8675309 just to make a few people's lives easier. Just... Whoever has whatever poor schmucks ever had that phone number, I'm sure would be uh, you know a lot happier if that one didn't exist. But like for historical importance, I I can't really pick one or the other. No, I think that's right. I mean, I guess you don't really know, do you? Um, what happens in the sliding doors world <laughs> where what the top person, the person who was most impacted by that number being in a song? What happens to them? What happens to them if they never had that? Yeah, it, I don't know. Do they does, cure it, does it remove some kind of PTSD for them? They become happy enough to cure cancer? I don't know. 2020 never happens. Coronavirus resolved before it even begins. Yes, I think yeah. we're on to something. I love keeping these songs topical. <laughs> Everything would be better. You did it. All right, I agree. Question number two. You can be a fly on the wall. You can you can experience the composition, soup to nuts, music video included, if you like, of one of these two songs, but only one. Which is the one that you want to kind of get the full experience? I'd like to see them make Centerfold to see what ha how they came up with that fake ending because that fake ending is killer. And matter of fact, that's why I picked Centerfold over 8675309 for that fake ending where they stop and they go, one, two, three, four. That thing kills. I want to see if that was like a real fake ending that they planned or they just uh, happened spontaneously. That's a great question. I would assume yeah. that they performed it in a bar and people were so into it that they decided to keep going and do one more round. They were like, this actually rules and then put it in the final recording. That's my, that's my guess. That's what I've decided on. I want to believe that's how it happened because if it was fake... That'd be, that'd be disappointing to me. It feels genuine. It feels like a genuine, no, we're not done yet. We're going to keep the party going. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I care, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Guess, like, I guess it's better. If I... Anyway, <laughs> all right. Question number three. The most important question, not just uh, for Song versus Song podcast, but the most important question in recorded human history. William Shatner, man, myth, legend, girdle wearer, toupee haver, equestrian. Lover and a fighter. 
uh, a performer, uh, both acting and uh, as and as and as a songstress. He's going to do a version. He's going to shout out one of these two. What what of these two songs must get a Shatner incarnation? Only one of them gets to have it. Eight six seven five three zero nine is a song about pure, uncomplicated love. It's a love song, really. And quite frankly, I don't really think that's Shatner's wheelhouse. But there is a quite a range of emotions going on in Centerfold, and I think he can bring his full acting prowess to it. Guilt, shame, horror, judgment, acceptance. Quite an arc in Centerfold. I feel like it'd have to be Centerfold. I think that's right. Although I, I like that you used the word shame, and I immediately, <laughs> and I immediately thought of contrapoints. And then I suddenly ima- imagined William Shatner with the with the fan that pops out. <laughs> oh. I just, I just want you know, if if Lindsay Ellis can rip off Natalie Barrett, then obviously William Shatner can too. Get on it, Shatner. Get, which, get on contrapoints level. Which bread tube video should Shatner do next? <laughs> <laughs> what a nightmare! What a t- literally the worst sentence of 2020, and it's tough to top. It's wow. Yeah, that was that was genuinely terrible. It was oh, what a, what a, what a nightmare scenario. Um anyway, uh all right, three questions done. Please please listeners, commenters, save us. But, you're our you're our only yeah. hope. From so writes, I can't be the only one who thought the lyrics to Centerfold went my angel in a cell phone, right? I always thought it was about an artificial intelligence or something. You are the only person. Ever. No, no. The the guy who's in love with the phone is the other song, eight six seven five three oh nine. God damn it. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> they should have put they should have put that in her, right? Yes. That's what that's, you're saying. You're saying they should have put it in her. My angel in a cell phone. Okay. Yep. Recursive fault writes, I prefer simping to slut shaming. Well, I guess that solves it. That is the twenty twenty response to these <laughs> songs. You've done it. Thank you for your yeah. Harold Harcourt writes, Jenny wins purely because I've had the same mobile number for over a decade and I still can't remember it. But 8675309, it's like herpes. Once you've got it in you, it's not going anywhere. You know, I'm not sure of my own cell phone number also. I Let's see. How many phone numbers do you know other than 8675309? How many other phone numbers do you know for a fact? Do you know your parents' phone number? Yeah, because that hasn't changed. So I know... My parents' phone number, because that was the house I grew up in, and I think my father's cell phone number, and Jenny's. Those are the, and uh, 1010-220, I guess. 1-800-CALL-ATT. There you go. Uh, I know the I know the Cars for Kids phone number. Ugh. That's so I'm, so here's what I'm saying, <laughs> that if your argument is that Jenny wins because you remember the phone number, then you are, <laughs> then you are stumping for Cars for Kids. I don't I, I don't care what song we put that against. It loses. I I'm not even gonna sing it right now. No, I no. didn't. I did it I, I purposefully did not. I almost didn't even invoke it. Because it's a, it is it is the musical equivalent of a cursed image. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Leia Besirspach I I don't know if I said that right. Leia Besirspach writes Making a great, pathetic loser song is harder than it looks, and Centerfold is ultimately too joyous and quirky to leave an impact, while 8675309 hits that perfect balance of manic sadness. That said, the Centerfold guy definitely became a fedora, th- 
The centerfold guy definitely became a fedora tipper, and the Jenny guy definitely became a serial killer. Oh man, the face you're making now. Bleak. Jenny, I've got your number. Yeah, make that your uh, haunting uh, trailer cover for a horror movie. Eight yeah, there you go. Five. What's the... All right, what's your... It's gonna, It's got to be like a, a remake of something, though. What is... What, it, what terrible horror movie remake gets the Jenny theme song? When a Stranger Calls, obviously. Oh. But they already made that one. Yeah. They've made they, many versions of One Missed Call. Yeah. Well, when they make the good version... That's the cheesy cover it'll have in its trailer. Okay. I literally, it's so embarrassing that I turned to look at my 10 billion horror movies <laughs> to go, what else is there? What other, what other ones have got a phone number involved? Scream. Oh, it, they'll do, oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't worry, they'll, they'll do another version of Black Christmas. We've oh, only remade it two times so far. In my lifetime. Yes, so. time, time, to, time to make a third one. A third remake with Jenny and the Christmas mm. version of Jenny. No. Oh god damn it. I did it. Yes. Anyway, we got we got to the bottom. What else have you got? That's that is that truly uh, uh, in a bottom of the barrel episode of Song versus Song. I I found the true bottom <laughs> and and I will drown there. Go ahead, what else? Uh, Muddleweight writes, "Man, this is a perfect matchup in terms of lyrics. Polar opposites." One guy is devastated by a woman he intimately knows, publicly displaying her sexuality, while the other is ridiculously turned on by just the thought that someone, some woman somewhere, might give a good time to a stranger. It's like, yes, that's exactly what I was going for, Muddleweight. Thank you. You've put it into words better than I did why I picked these two songs. That's great. I think we should yeah. get rid of uh, 42 minutes of this episode, and we'll, it'll just be you reading that <laughs> comment, and then it's done. All right. We want to know, who do you think won? Um, I assume that it's Jenny. I think that there. I think that it's ubiquitous. That that phone number. I think is so inescapable that I don't really see how Jay Giles even has a chance. It was actually really close. So here's what it was: for a total of three fourteen to two eighty two, that's a fifty three percent to forty seven percent split. The winner is Centerfold. What? Yeah, I'm shocked by that. Shocked. I thought for sure there was. I thought for sure there was no way that Jenny was gonna lose. No way. I, there's no answer that would have surprised me except a blowout. If it had been a blowout, I'd be surprised in either direction. But there, there was only. I just can't believe that the X factor that is less than Jake. <laughs> okay, that was a fun episode. Thank you for listening to all of that. We have a Patreon. Yes. What a what a selling point this episode will be for it. Uh, this was a good episode. You shut up. Uh, so look, here's the deal. Um, you listen to Song versus Song. You've already done us a great service. There are lots of other ways you can support the podcast that cost you nothing. And if you would like to do those, we very much appreciate it. Those are uh, you give us five stars on iTunes. You write a review. You tell us. You tell you tell the world how great we are. You you go online. Someone says, oh, "I want to listen to a new podcast." You say, "Listen to Song versus Song." That helps us enormously in ways that you cannot fathom it. It uh, brings us new listeners. It helps feed the mighty algorithm. These are all things that cost you nothing. If you would like to uh, support us in a financial way, well, you can go on uh, Patreon.com and uh, you can support Song for a Song. Two, uh, one for one dollar a month, you get a bonus episode. That's it. Not only uh, do you get a bonus episode, but you pay the one dollar and you can listen to every bonus episode we've ever done. By now, we've actually done quite a few. 
So it's a it's quite a bargain. And if you want to weigh in on what the next bonus episode is going to be, if you want to be able to add to the list of movies that we are going to be potentially talking about, that costs you $5. I'll tell you what, I hope that more people uh, do take up that $5 offer because I, the boy, the one we're doing this month. <laughs> we sug- we asked for music movies. We gave you a wide berth on what that was. And the winning uh, entry, looks like, by far, is uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. And boy, yes. isn't a great isn't a great time for us to be talking about Joss Whedon. Let me tell Boy. you, right here, right now, I give you this song versus song promise. We will probably not talk a lot about Joss Whedon. I just uh, don't, like, certainly not in the 2020 way that people are talking about Joss Whedon, because that sounds, coming from this podcast, very boring. So if you're, yeah. like, on the fence, do I want to give $2 and get this bonus episode, and you're thinking, God, if I have to listen to these two assholes prattle on about Joss Whedon and be in their feelings about Joss Whedon, don't worry. We're not going to do that. We'll actually no. just talk about the the thing and the, and contextually where it fits into the history of that man's career and what was going on at the time and whether or not it's any good or not. We're yeah, not going to no. we're not going to get in our feelings about just Whedon and actors. I don't really no. think Song versus Song is the podcast for that. No, that's also it would suck my soul away. So yep, yep. <laughs> I want your soul to live on. And one last thing. Our next episode is going to be I'm a Believer versus I Got You, Babe. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Believer okay. versus I Got You, Babe. Yes. Which was- Well, one of those bands is real. <laughs> They're both real. Well, considering what we found out about Sonny and Sharon hindsight, I'm not sure they were real. But- wow. <laughs> I mean, we're all, we're all part of the simulation, aren't we? Yes. See you next time, everybody. So long. Mm-hmm.